All right, now I can talk. What's up, everybody? How are you guys doing tonight? All right, you guys sound a little bit awake. How are you guys doing tonight? Did you guys feel the peace of Holy Spirit just like rest in this room? Like, I don't know if I was the only one that felt it, but man, it was heavy. All right, so who loves Marvel in this room? All right. Some of y'all don't. That's okay. It's all good. See, I love watching Marvel movies because every superhero has a power, right? Hulk has super strength. Captain Marvel has, well, you're looking at it. And uh, Captain America has crazy strength and leadership ability. And Iron Man, he is snarky as all get out but he's really good with tech. So, you get the picture. Tonight I want to show you a few clips tonight. One, one night, uh, probably about a month ago, I was thinking about what I wanted to speak on a next-gen night, and we watched Captain Marvel as a family. And some of these scenes just popped out to me. That one that you just saw with Veers and do you guys know what that other guy's name is? I can never remember his name. I know him as Jude Law. I don't know. Anyway, they're fighting, and Veers has this power on the inside of her, right? And what does the guy tell her? Control it. And he, she has something on the back of her neck, right? I think the world has taught us to be quiet about our love for Jesus and that he's the only way to the Father, and we've submitted to them. The world will teach about everything else. I don't have to list them off. You know them all. But as soon as you mention Jesus... They treat us like veers when she was sparring in this scene to learn to control Holy Spirit and keep him suppressed. But it's not only in the world, it's also in the church. Holy Spirit's influence in the church is very minimal because we've been told to control him instead of going after all that God has for us in him and seeing how far grace will take us. Is anybody alive tonight? Okay. <laughs> All right. If you have your Bibles, turn to James 4. And we're going to rip this scripture apart tonight. James 4, verse 5. It says, or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells, everybody say who dwells, in us say yearns, and then say jealously. The spirit who dwells in us yearns jealousy. Guys, I want to talk to you about my best friend tonight. 
His name is Holy Spirit. Now, before we get into tearing this verse apart, I want to clarify a few things. The first thing is that Holy Spirit is not an it. He is not an it. He is a person. He is not tongues. He's not fire. He's not power. He's not a force. He's not wind. He's not a dove. He's not rain. Now, he may manifest as those things, but he is not those things. He is a person. And he wants to unveil his attributes through us. So, quick theology lesson. A person has a mind, will, and emotions. And Holy Spirit has the same things. I'm going to rattle through these. He speaks. It says in Acts 8.29, the Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. I would love to hear Holy Spirit's voice like that. Number two, he has a will. 1 Corinthians 12.11, it is the one and only Spirit who distributes all the spiritual gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. He has feelings. How many of you guys have feelings? Most of the time, y'all get hurt, right? Ephesians 4.30, and do not bring sorrow or grieve to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Ouch. Number four, he can fellowship. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Again, he is a person. He has feelings, so it's possible. Oh, this is actually a quote. I'm sorry. I got to quote my boy, David Diga Hernandez. He has feelings. It's possible that he can be hurt. He has a will. It's possible that he can be resisted. He has a voice. He can be ignored. He desires fellowship. He can be rejected. He is a person, and he can be disrespected. Now, not only is Holy Spirit a person, but he's also God. All of God. He's not like third on the totem pole. He's as much God as the Father. He is as much God as the Son. If you guys have ever struggled with that, look at water. Do you guys know where I'm going with this? Water is water, but if you freeze it, it turns into what? Ice. If you heat it, Way, way up. What does it turn into? Steam, right? So steam, water, and ice. They're all water, but in different forms. Does that make sense? So Holy Spirit is God. All right. The first word that we're going to look at tonight is everybody say dwells. Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. And me. Now, this speaks to two things. The first one is, is that he dwells in you permanently. How many of you guys have ever had friends over your house, and all of a sudden, they take up shop in your room, and you want them to leave? I have. Well, actually, I've done that. I've lived at my friend's house, right? 
he will never leave you nor forsake you. That was a promise from Jesus. Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. It says in 1 Corinthians 6, 17, 19, and 20. Now, I want you to look at this first verse. If this verse doesn't make you run around the room, I don't know. It says, but he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Ryan, you're talking really weird right now. We are one with Holy Spirit. He has made himself one with us. But why can't I feel him? Maybe we're tuned into too much of the world and not enough of God. It says, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you are bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. I wasn't going to go here, but I'll go here. Too many people in the world say it's my body, my choice. It doesn't matter what subject it is. It's always that way. As Christians, our body is not our own. It was bought with the precious blood of the Lamb of God. So we are not our own. Romans 8.11, it says, The spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. But he dwells in you permanently. And here's another thought. How clean did the blood of Jesus make you that the spirit of holiness can live inside of your body and you not die? Just think about it. How clean did the blood of Jesus cleanse your spirit so much that Holy Spirit, his most precious gift, could live on the inside of you and me? When we screw up, how many times a day? It's just wild to think about that I house the presence of Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit stays permanently, and his ultimate goal is to make you more and more like Jesus as long as we give him the reins of our life. He stays through all the sin and bad habits. He stays because he's faithful, and he knows that without his presence in our life, we don't stand a chance. He has likes, and he has dislikes, and it's up to us to hand over the things he doesn't like to be changed out for the things he does like so that we can be more like Jesus. Now, I want to flip over to one more scripture real quick. Galatians 5. I'll actually just quote it. It says, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. Did you guys hear me? It didn't say try harder and you won't gratify the desires of your flesh. It said walk by the Spirit. Now, that word walk in the Greek, it has a little connotation about it that means to be occupied by. 
Do you guys see where I'm going with this? To be occupied by something means that something dwells, lives in that thing. Not only that, but you can be occupied by doing something, right? Your mom asks you to do something at home or your husband or whoever. No, I'm too occupied playing Xbox. No, I'm too occupied watching Netflix. So it's both living and being busy with. So what it's saying is live and be occupied with Holy Spirit and you won't have any time to sin. Some of y'all need that right now. Some of y'all walking through some dark stuff and your way out is God. But we won't give him the time of day because we think he's boring. Is this too heavy? So walk, be lived in, be busy with Holy Spirit, and you won't gratify the desires of your flesh. Now, one other thing on dwells. The second point. So the first one is he dwells in you permanently. Second one, he wants to make himself at home in you. Now, what does that mean? One time I was just praying, and um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard some AG church's stance on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some of them say that you're not saved if you don't speak in tongues. <clears throat> Wrong. I've met plenty of Christians who don't speak in tongues who are amazing Christians. And they have more conviction in their life than most Pentecostals. Sometimes. Sometimes. So I was praying, and I just asked Holy Spirit. I'm like, okay, so help me to understand why at conversion I get Holy Spirit. So you have all of Holy Spirit. But then some other Christians, and I've experienced it myself, get the baptism of the Holy Spirit and feel a greater measure of you. What, what's the deal? And this is what I heard him say. This is the analogy that he gave me. Picture having an apartment or a house. Okay? It's yours. It's decked out in whatever. If you guys lived in the world before Jesus, you have a better idea than some of us who grew up in church. But still, us in the church, we're messed up and screwed up. Okay? So, just imagine, like, maybe you have a memento to your favorite, just going to put it out there, girl model that you look at all the time. And you have your friends over here that do drugs and whatever, and you have the other friends over here who, like, gossip, and, and, and they've, they've cluttered, your, cluttered your house with paraphernalia of whatever, Okay, so your house is dirty, very dirty, okay, dirty with the world. Th then Holy Spirit gets you, and you give your life to Jesus, right? Then Jesus takes you, baptizes you in his blood, right? He immerses you. He takes 
paint thinner and takes the stuff off the walls. He takes out the furniture. He takes out all the paraphernalia that was in the apartment, and it's spotless and clean. There's nothing in the apartment anymore. You and Holy Spirit can live that way for your entire life. It's clean. You and Holy Spirit are good, but there's no furniture. Because all the stuff that was in there was yours. What Holy Spirit wants to do is he wants to bring in his furniture. He wants to bring in his pictures. He wants to put on his paint onto the walls. It's all his. That's the difference between being saved and having Holy Spirit and then baptized in Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? I don't know about you, but I want Holy Spirit's furniture in my life. All right. Second word. Everybody say yearns. Yearns. The word yearns speaks to intense desire for something or someone. Did you know that the Holy Spirit is full of desire? Galatians 5.17. Yeah, there you go. For the desires of the flesh, that's misspelled, that's okay. The desires of the flesh are against the Spirit And what does the next line say? And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. Did you guys ever catch that before? In my Christian life, the desires of the flesh were heightened so much and talked about so much that I thought that they were God in their own right. Your flesh doesn't stand a chance against God. Did you hear me? Because the desire of the Spirit is to make you more like Jesus. And all of Holy Spirit's intensity is focused on one object, and that is you. So not only does he live on the inside of you, all of his desire, all of his affection is set right on you. says in Deuteronomy 7, 7, it says, for you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure. Everybody look to your neighbor and say, I'm a special treasure. Above all the peoples on the face of the earth, the Lord did not set his love on you Or choose you because you are more in number than any other people, for you are the least of all peoples, but because the Lord loves you. Guys, he has set his love on you. And in that verse, that word love means desire. He desires to be your desire. All right. The third word we're going to look at is jealous. Everybody say jealous. But Pastor Ryan, I thought that was a bad word. Well, we're going to learn about it. 
Holy Spirit's jealousy over you is not the jealousy we think of. Jealousy in this verse speaks to ill will or malice. What that means is Holy Spirit is so protective of you that he is moved to completely take out anything that keeps you from him. And not just bad stuff. Anything that takes his place. He is ready and willing to completely take it out. In Deuteronomy 5, 8 through 10, it says, You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. God is a jealous God who will not share you with anyone or anything. He knows that things will steal your attention away from the only one who is complete life itself. And I guarantee you, most of us spend more time with things that don't give us life than actually spending time with life itself. We spend time on Netflix, we spend time on Instagram, we spend time on TikTok, Facebook, all the social media stuff. We spend all the time with the friends that don't love Jesus at all, and you feel like you have to suppress it so that you fit in. When Holy Spirit wants to wreck your entire friend group, bring them into the kingdom instead of them going to hell. He's jealous. He is jealous for your attention and your affection. And anything that is an idol has to be torn down. All throughout the Old Testament, God told the Israelites to tear down every single idol because he knew that they would run back to it. And they did, time after time after time. But guess what? They didn't have his spirit living on the inside of them. We have an advantage. Jesus actually said, it's to your advantage that I go. Because if I don't go, then Holy Spirit can't come. Did you guys catch that? It's better that Jesus go be with the Father so that Holy Spirit could come. Yet we want to always be like, Jesus, I want you to come back. Yet he has his spirit on the inside of you. We need to tap in. So first of all, he dwells permanently in you. And he wants to take up residence on the inside of you. He yearns. He has desire full for you. And he is jealous for your attention and your affection. Greg, go ahead and play that next video.
All right. If you guys want a picture of what you look in the spirit, <laughs> take a look at that. Do you guys actually believe that? Or maybe, maybe we just need to get into our Bibles a little bit and be like, okay, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe everything that you say about me. Because I guarantee you, most of us look at that screen and you're like, I don't look like that. I don't look like Veers, Captain America, or Captain Marvel. I, I feel like I'm completely taken down by my problems. I'm depressed every day. I'm fighting anxiety and fear and worry. And my, my friends are pulling me down. And I, I can't do whatever. I'm struggling with sin. Guys, look at what he says about you. It is not boring. Jesus said in John 7, and I'll be wrapping up after this. Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. It says, but this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. That's you and that's me. For the Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. I'm such a Bible nerd. I'm going to the Greek and Hebrew all the time. The word translated flow in the Greek is actually the word gush. While the word translated rivers is the Greek term for torrent. Do you guys know what a torrent is? It's floodwaters. It's Niagara Falls. Most of us, Greg, go back to the stream. Most of us picture this. Oh, streams of living water will flow from my innermost being. Eh, maybe some of us think about the second one. Right? But that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about you being in the middle of Niagara Falls of Holy Spirit constantly. And you have a reservoir on the inside of you that you can constantly drink from. All day long. So when you're depressed, Holy Spirit, thank you for your joy. When you're anxious, Holy Spirit, I know you have it all under control. Is this making sense? The translations we read might cause us to picture a gentle stream. But the original Greek pictures a mighty deluge, which is a mighty waterfall cascading down a mountain. You can either surrender completely to the current of Holy Spirit, or you can resist him and stand straight up in your pride and say, I don't need you. I don't know about you, but I don't want that. Jesus is saying here that when we believe in him, being completely sold out to him and surrendered to him, Holy Spirit will overtake our lives like the Tesseract did to Captain Marvel. 
torrents, waterfalls, floodwaters, whatever you want to call it, will continually gush on the inside of you that are full of the Holy Spirit's nature, power, gifts, and friendship, and you will be immersed in all of God. This is what the baptism in the Holy Spirit is. It's not just tongues. It's not just power. It is the life of God consuming every area of your life down to your very motive. He wants you, the real you. Not the you that you put on Instagram, not the you that everybody else sees. It's the you in your bedroom at night. It's the you behind closed doors. He wants that one. And when you get real with God, he can flood your spirit in such a way that it overflows into your family. That it overflows into your friends' lives. And they're like, what in the world happened to you? You're not the same. That's what he wants to do tonight. The baptism of the Holy Spirit isn't rain from above. It's a flood from within. We have the Holy Spirit, guys. The question is, are you willing to surrender your life to him and let him overflow everything in your life. Worship team, you could come up. So the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously. And guys, I don't know where you are tonight in your walk with Jesus. Maybe some of you have experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you, you know, you might have fallen over, speaking in tongues, whatever. Maybe you haven't and you feel kind of sub-Christian. I will say this, don't feel that way. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives on the inside of you. Whether you've experienced that or not. Because I guarantee you, even the ones who have been baptized by Holy Spirit haven't been living like what I've read. And that's okay, it's a process. It first starts with realizing that Holy Spirit is a person and that you can talk to him. When I spend, at night sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. And, and I love my wife to death. But usually at 3 a.m., she's not very willing to talk to me. Just being honest. If I did, I'd probably get a smack in the face and say, go back to bed. I don't want to talk to you right now. The same woman that I love hates me in that moment. Um, But there is somebody who I can talk to, and his name's Holy Spirit. And as you begin to share your feelings with Holy Spirit and let his word permeate your heart and, and you begin to feel his presence in the secret place, and it, you, you build a friendship. 
And the same one that has built a friendship with me and the leaders in this room and maybe some of you, he wants to become everybody's best friend in this room. He doesn't want just a hi, see you later, thanks for a good day. He wants to be intimate in every area of your life. And I'm not talking whatever. I'm talking into me see. He sees everything about you. The highs, the lows, the everything. And you can wake up every day not thinking, oh man, this is going to be a terrible day. But no, you can wake up knowing, Holy Spirit, you live on the inside of me. And it's going to be amazing, even if I face trial, because you're on the inside of me, and you yearn for me, and you're jealous for me. How many of you guys want that? I do. So tonight, there's two calls. There's a call for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And like I said, that's all that is, is Holy Spirit wants to overflow from your innermost being and completely submerge you in himself. That's all it is. All of a sudden, you can't control your tongue because he's got control of it. But most of all, you get power. If you've been struggling to share Jesus with your friends, you need the baptism. If you need power over sin, you need the baptism. You need to be submerged in God himself. And then number two, for those of us who may have had that experience, but you need a drink. You need a deep drink. I need a deep drink. So I'm going to open up the altars tonight. And I don't care which, which either one. Be brave tonight. If you need the baptism, come get one of our, us leaders who are up here. If you need just a drink, come up. It's okay. We all need it. I want some of you to lay hands on me. Just saying. All right? tonight, Holy Spirit wants to overflow your life so much that you go home tonight and in your dreams, you're dreaming about swimming. Not literally, but you can go there. Alright? So Holy Spirit, 